Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Media Day at the 2023 Miami Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And this weekend, Formula One has made the transcontinental trip from Azerbaijan to the United States for another round of racing in Florida. The Miami International Autodrome must surely be the world's fastest and most glamorous car park. The temporary street-style circuit has been stood up in the grounds around the Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins NFL team and centre court for the Miami Open, and has been specifically designed to generate good racing. This layout is one of tens of simulated track configurations the sport considered before settling on this one. With a combination of flowing corners, long straights and big braking zones theoretically setting it up for success. But last year's Processional Grand Prix forced some changes, specifically to the track surface, which some drivers described as being like racing on water. There have been some other minor tweaks too, but race organisers are betting the follow-up round will outdo the first. And F1 arrives with some interesting questions to answer. Sergio Perez has some momentum for his title challenge, closing to just six points behind Max Verstappen and adamant he can take the fight to his teammate. And debate following the less than exciting Azerbaijan Grand Prix has continued, with the drivers asking what, if anything, was actually to blame for the surprisingly underwhelming race. For all that and more, let's hear from your host on the ground in Miami, it's Chris Medlin. Sergio Perez probably deserves a bit more respect. We've talked up his title hopes before in past years, most specifically, I guess, last season after he won in Monaco and he was just getting within striking distance of Max Verstappen. We had the Ferrari drivers in there as well with uh, a couple of couple of wins and uh, a team that was strong enough to challenge Red Bull at that point. And it kind of felt like Checo was maybe in the mix, but he'd need to really find a way of being consistently quick. And... His form faded, uh, and it, it faded pretty rapidly at that point. So when we look at this season and, and start talking about a title fight between Perez and Verstappen, it's easy to kind of look at that historic example and go, well, it's unlikely to happen. But it is different this time. It's the manner of Checo's wins that are really standing out. There's been four races plus a sprint, two wins apiece, and Checo won the sprint. But in the main Grand Prix in Baku and the main Grand Prix in Saudi Arabia, he just had the pace to beat Max. He was able to respond when Max was coming back at him and trying to put pressure on him. Now, you know, in Baku, okay, the safety car really helped, but Checo managed to get himself in a position to almost, I'd say almost certainly overtake Max at that stage. That's why he came into the pits. He knew he was under pressure and in trouble. And it was because Max was struggling with his tyres more than Checo. And Checo says that's something he's worked on over the winter because what used to be a strength no longer is. That was something he was talking about today in the paddock. And that was what was impressive about his performance in Baku. It's also what's clearly boosted Checo coming here. Max spoke about how he doesn't actually like street tracks that much. He prefers high-speed corners on normal circuits, as he called them. And 
I can see that that is a strength of his. The thing is, he wouldn't really call street circuits a weakness either. Verstappen's still very, very quick, but he obviously has his preference of what he prefers. Checo very much does like street tracks, but he also says he can play with this year's Red Bull a lot more than last year's car, and that's been the secret to his success. He was talking about how he's pretty sure that comfort, that ability to manipulate the car more, will really allow him to be quick at other venues too. So it is true that we've only seen street tracks so far, plus Bahrain to open the season. So all he can do is be competitive on those circuits and, and get the wins under his belt. He's still six points behind Verstappen. It's not like he's walking away with a title or anything, but he's definitely in the mix at this point. Max would have to still be the favourite, but Checo says... You know, as long as he can learn from every race weekend, even the ones he wins at, then he's got a chance. He admits he's got to be perfect. That was the term he used was, I have to be perfect to beat Verstappen, even just in a single weekend, let alone over a season. But he's talking with a lot of confidence heading into this weekend in Miami. Now, perhaps the standout story arriving here from Baku has actually been the lack of overtaking and excitement in that previous race. Baku kind of has a habit of that. That's a Grand Prix that uh, tends to be between the sublime and the ridiculous. You know, it's either a brilliant race or a rubbish race. And the first race that uh, was hosted in Baku back in 2016 had junior categories having all sorts of chaos. So everyone expected the same from Formula One. All the drivers stayed out of trouble, uh, thinking if they just stayed in the race, they'd end up winning it. And it meant nothing happened. So it was only the next two years when drivers went on the offensive that things started to happen. And off the back of those two crazy races, again, it got dull for a year or two. It, it kind of seems to ebb and flow in that way. That there's no guarantee anywhere that you're going to get a, a brilliant race. But a lot of the talk this weekend has been, you know, why was it so boring? You know, maybe have the rules not worked? Uh, a lot of talk was actually about the DRS zones as well because they've been made shorter in certain places, including in Baku. And a lot of the drivers did say that's not going to help and we weren't consulted on that. So we want to see that change moving forward or we want to have a voice uh, when the FIA look into uh, the length of DRS zones or just making changes from the past. But most would agree they also want to avoid relying on DRS zones for overtaking and for exciting racing. Plus, if your car is draggy, you're going to complain more than if you've got a car that's really quick in a straight line. I mean, Fernando Alonso said different complaints are coming from drivers who are in different cars and racing for different teams because, for example, the Mercedes seems to struggle um, with a with high drag, but the Red Bull doesn't. So depending on which team you drive for, you're going to have a, a different viewpoint. Something else Alonso said, though, was that it's not surprising that there are processional races. Formula One's always been that way. Uh, he mentioned the sort of dominance of the Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas era at Mercedes over those seven years, really. Uh, he said about Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber at Red Bull before that, uh, that really you go through some pretty big periods of dominance for one team over another. Uh, and it's just kind of the way things are. It's the nature of the sport. And sometimes you have to accept that. And it wasn't just the experienced old head of Alonso saying that and kind of reminiscing. Oscar Piastri, as one of the rookies, was also saying similar because he said these are the quickest cars in the world. Quickest cars he's driven, quickest cars that anyone can drive really in terms of single-seaters that you can race regularly. And with the most downforce being produced by them, that means it's always going to be tough to follow because they're going to somehow disturb the car behind. Uh, even if these new regulations have a big impact on kind of making it easier to follow, you can't completely remove the impact of the, of the downforce of the car in front. So there's always going to be that knock-on effect. To be fair to them, the drivers weren't too negative today, despite some of the questions they were getting from the media, uh, including myself. But Carlos Sainz was one to point out that the new rules that were brought in last year had actually worked. 
and they'd worked well to improve following and he'd really noticed a huge difference last year uh, and that, that had actually helped the racing too when you had a car capable of racing elsewhere or racing against another car which is been one of the issues recently where maybe Mercedes, Ferrari and Aston Martin are so closely matched, no one has a kind of performance advantage to be able to fight the other one. They just kind of sit in order. But what Carlos did warn is that it's getting worse now that teams are developing their cars and adding downforce, trying to find more performance as the regulations stay stable. So as they really look for the loopholes or look for the areas that they haven't exploited yet because the big areas that they started with and and they would be the obvious ones that uh, the FIA and Formula 1 knew about when they wrote the rules, uh, once those have been kind of pretty well handled already, they start to look in different areas and that starts to have a knock-on impact. So he actually says this is probably an issue that's only going to get worse from here on out. Now, something that wasn't really picked up on, but Lewis Hamilton had some very interesting quotes about his future. Now, I'm talking about media day here in Miami. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a hot day uh, in the Florida sun and yesterday was much the same, but it wasn't at the track. There was an IWC Watches event on Wednesday in downtown Miami at a place called Jungle Plaza that was very cool. Had a huge mural of Lewis as a, like a portrait uh, on one of the walls. Uh, so it must have been quite bizarre for him to be there standing underneath this huge artwork. But uh, it was a basketball event, actually. And when he was there, he did an interview with ESPN and was asked about his future and admits he has thought about racing elsewhere, that he's not necessarily always thought, well, I'm only staying at Mercedes. He says he's thought about returning to McLaren because he always feels like he's part of the McLaren family, having only raced for McLaren in Formula One other than Mercedes and started his career there, won his first world title there. Uh, But he also mentioned what it would be like to race in red uh, and that crosses his mind. But then followed all of that by saying he always comes back to the fact that Mercedes is the best place for him to be and that he's working on a contract extension at the moment, that he doesn't have that contract in place, but it will be soon. So it didn't really change too much, but it was interesting to hear him kind of concede what you'd imagine any of us would do in the same situation. You would just kind of think about, dream about, wonder what it's like somewhere else, what the future could hold if you did make a move. And and sometimes people are excited by change. So, uh, yeah, Lewis was was willing to admit that. He also showed at that event as well that he can can play ball. He's a a good basketball player, although it might be too late for him to chase that career. So he's going to have to uh, work on that new contract with Mercedes. Now, it's only been a few days since the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and everyone's now headed to Miami, including a lot more people who didn't go to Baku because if you had to pick one of the two, it was a brutal double header. Uh, it tended to be Miami people would focus on and that's because it was huge last year. Such a big event, so much going on, loads of activation, uh, just loads of interest in the city around it uh, and it was very, very hectic. Uh, but there were some issues too and uh, this year the race organisers have listened to feedback from the teams about how cramped the paddock was and how tough it was for them to basically feed their teams, feed their guests run hospitality units and and get the food sorted etc so they've now built a fan village on the football field in the middle of hard rock stadium it's very very cool when you walk out into the effectively what's the paddock now and you want to go into one of the hospitality units of the teams you just walk out onto the football field Uh, it's an incredible setup and fans are going to be allowed in parts of the grandstands to look down on this or just kind of try and spot the drivers so uh, it's going to make for an interesting atmosphere and it just made for a good space it was big it was open uh, it was very warm but it meant there was uh, the opportunity to do some things differently as well and because it was on the football field they set up a a driver's combine where all the drivers were put through their paces little bit like an NFL combine some of the Miami Dolphins players were there helping out and trying to make sure that drivers kind of knew what they were meant to be doing maybe giving them a few tips because some are more naturally gifted than others or have just followed American football more than other ones have so uh, that was fun to watch it was a combine that was won 
I believe by Pierre Gasly. I don't think anyone else is having a go after he's gone top. Nick De Vries was second. They're very pleased when he was leading the way for a spell. He was taking photos of the leaderboard. But uh, it was a lot of fun that the drivers seemed to have and, and a good way of activating things. And it's just very Miami, which this race is. There's going to be a lot of that around it, a lot of hype, a lot of clear messaging, branding. Uh, you, you're going to know it's going to be the Miami Grand Prix. Hopefully, as well, it's going to be a better race weekend from an on-track point of view because they've resurfaced the track and it does look much better. The drivers seem happier. They think it will offer more grip. So hopefully we'll make for a better show when it comes to the cars getting out there on Friday. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow. Thanks to Chris, who will be with us all weekend from the Miami Grand Prix. Make sure you don't miss an update from Miami this weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. You can keep up to date too with developments from the paddock all weekend by following Chris on social media. Just check the link in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.